Hey, what's up? This is Kat Jones, your host. Today is March 3rd, 2020. We're going to get a little political in this one because this is Queer All Year. Hey, y'all, what's up? This is Kat Jones, and I am joined, as always, by my bro and sound producer, Mick G. Give me your wallet! No. Well, I don't really have anything in my wallet. I'm getting it, then. Do you want want my Catholic Saint? Thievery 101. I have a Catholic Saint card that Ashley gave me. You want that? What does that mean? Uh, Apparently, there are these things that Catholics have that are, like, called Saint cards, and I think maybe you carry them around if it's your patron saint. And uh, my patron saint is St. Bridget, or Breed, as it would be pronounced in Celtic, which is how I pronounce it, because I am a a horrible pagan. And uh, I'm not getting into... I'm not getting into Catholicism and and, uh, paganism. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I thought that was going to be cooler. Like, it gives you some kind of special powers. You get access to a... Well, she's the patron saint of poetry, and I have, like, a minor in poetry. And um, yeah, but made... I, I thought it was like a Catholic card, like a uh, security card, you know. Oh, you like can, it gets me into Catholic, you can go Catholicism. Go see the Pope and meet him and ask him about. Oh, that what would he's be cool. Do about the little kids. Be like, hey, Pope, can I hang out in the archives for a little bit? Yeah, I have this card. Read your stuff. We're, we heard there's some missing books in there. <laughs> Look, I saw the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Where's the Nazi money? <laughs> oh, I mean that's here. Well, some of it's there, too. A lot of it's there. But a lot of it's here. Yeah. On a related note, I've heard that any gold thing that you could be wearing is um, at least some part made out of the gold teeth of Jewish people who were murdered in the Holocaust. So, I happy mean, notes. What are you going to do? Get rid of the gold? Throw it away? Of course oh you're going to melt it down. I mean, you got it anyway. I'm... Oh, my God. We are Nazi apologists oh right God. now. <laughs> We are not at all Nazi apologists. Say that what was you a, will about the Nazis. That was a but... fa- it was just a fact that I learned and was horrified about when I got my engagement ring, okay? It's it's rose gold, so it's only partially gold, but I'm just saying. I'm I here have, to just excite Caitlin and get her to uh I have Jewish teeth I'm in ruining my the show. ring and I feel terrible. Anyway, um that is Let's see. We're talking. We will be talking about Nazis on the fifth. The fifth is Wednesday. The fifth is Wednesday. Is how I said that. No. No. Fourth. No. Yeah. The yeah. Fourth the fourth. Is Wednesday. Okay. So the fourth also. The oh, that's good because the fourth is like really short. I think. <laughs> the fourth, we are going to be dropping our um, joint episode with the podcast "Getting Off." Getting off. Yes, and ours. Um, comes first chronologically and then they are going to drop their half of it and you'll have to go over there to hear it and it is like so exciting we're talking about uh trans legislation where it's all coming from um how it's hurting kids uh, the the wisconsin stuff is that what we talked about um yeah we talked about michigan a little bit and um south dakota Dakota. yeah and we kind of it was just kind of encompassing all of the um, litig- not litigation, legislation surrounding um, trans children and trans health in general. And they are two wonderful, amazing lawyers. So you get a lot of information. And I'm pretty sure I just kind of sat there and listened most of the time. So it, you- it was pretty you know, amazing trying to 
get a, a couple of conversations in with them or a couple of, you know, sentences. <laughs> Intelligent things. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there. I was like, okay, they're so much smarter than I am. Um, if they ask me a question, I guess I'll answer it. But um, <laughs> I just want to listen to them talk, which I could just do by listening to the podcast. But yeah, the most intelligent thing I could do is plead the fifth. Uh, always <laughs> plead the fifth. Always, always, always. Um, and I was going to say something, but I don't recall what. So let's move on to our story. All right. We're going to talk um, quick. It's going to be sort of a short story about um, marriage equality in Washington, D.C., and then we're going to do a little segment with McG, and then I'm going to rant about politics that I don't understand because I don't understand politics, okay? So, starting out with marriage equality in D.C. So, in D.C., Washington, D.C., that is the District of Columbia, and it's our capital in the United States. Not that we have any international listeners. Maybe someday, though. So, in 2009, on December 15th, the Council of the District of Columbia passed the Religious Freedom and Civil Marriage Amendment Act of 2009. And um, the mayor, D.C. Mayor Adrian Fenty, signed it into law on December 18th, and marriage licenses became available on this day in history, March 3rd. The first marriages weren't able to take place until the 9th because I guess D.C. has some sort of judicial review that takes a few days or something. But licenses were available on the third and so um this is tangential kind of but the same um, marriage equality opponent harry jackson had arranged a petition to the u.s supreme court to stop to stop the act from taking effect um he and the people um he rallied um wanted voters to be able to vote on it in a referendum i'm not entirely sure what a referendum is mcgee tried to explain it to me um and so a referendum like on a local government it's, it's level just a vote okay then what is it what is the difference between a ballot measure and a referendum uh exactly <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so the supreme court anyway was like no um you got to go through local courts first and uh, any you know like we don't do local squabbles between whatever so you got to do your local courts first and then if they deny it then you hail marry it up to us and also um you can just do a ballot measure instead of a referendum and that's why i ask what on earth those two things mean what the difference is because the supreme court told them to do that instead um so some information about harry jackson because i it was he has such an interesting story and I kind of um, root for him to turn around on his beliefs because, I don't know, I just kind of root for him as a person, kind of. And so, like, if I could, if we could get him to turn around his beliefs and, like, be on our side, which is a thing that I advocate a lot, is, like, try to get people to see the light, I guess. Like, I would totally be, I would love having him on our side. Kind of. Anyway. So he is... An African-American preacher, and he's currently the bishop of the International Communion of Evangelical Churches. And um, that was not something I could find online. I found I, it might be a different thing that I was thinking of. There's an extra word in there every time I look it up. But it didn't seem like what he is. So anyway, he is a conservative activist known for his vocal opposition to marriage equality and abortions. 
And I am not sure why those two things are always in the same sentence with these people. It's always like, I don't like gay marriage and I don't like abortions. And it's like, we're not tied together. What? Anyway, anyway, so he got started in political activism as a very young child when his mother forced him to pass out campaign flyers and brochures with political opinions he couldn't possibly understand or endorse at that age. And I just, I'm not a fan of, I mean, like, totally have your own politics and totally, like, if you think that your child should have those politics, then definitely talk about them with them. But don't have your kid push your politics on other people when they don't understand the politics on their own, you know? Just, it, mm. uh, the, the analogy here is that the Westboro Baptist Church gives their children those awful signs to hold up and they, the kids don't, from the, the people I've spoken to, maybe others do, but from the people I've spoken to, they didn't understand what they were holding up at the time. So I understand indoctrinating your children into your politics, but I don't agree with like having them openly state your politics when they can't understand it. It drives me a little crazy. But in this case, um, so I um, could not find what kind of brochures and political flyers she was having him push. I assume they were conservative Christian things and that's probably how he learned it. Um, but, I'm, you know, you learn it at home and then you start passing stuff out when you are, have strong convictions. Anyway, um, he, um, his parents were, like, so supportive of him. He is such a, like, a success story almost. And, and his parents are so, like, supportive and loving of him. They scraped up enough money to get him into the Cincinnati Country Day School, which is an incredibly prestigious school uh, where all the wealthy white kids went in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Um, tuition was t- 2500 a year, and this was in the 60s. And so they were able to, like, save up that much to send their child to this college to try and, like, you know, well, not college, uh, it was a school, to get him to get the best education but also it was kind of integrating it i mean it was where the white kids went and um then he went on to attend williams college which was another prestigious mostly white college so he was able to get into this prestigious college because he had amazing grades he was like amazing at football in high school he almost got onto the patriots i believe yeah the patriots um and like he was just like not rags to riches because it wasn't rags to riches, but it was just like such a, such a, like a amazing story kind of. Um, so he didn't make the Patriots and he became a preacher and his congregations are almost exclusively white, which he touts as a good thing because it's about integration. And I'm like, well, if you're the only black person there, um, I mean, I just don't, I just don't know. So he appeals to white people a lot. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but it's just he has this appeal to white people for some reason, his his preachings and politics do. Um, he believes that gay marriage undermines the traditional family values, um, specifically black family values. He gets really close to this theory 
that the black community is more accepting of homosexuality, which, by the way, is not true, but that's a topic for another day. Um, he says it's dangerous to be so ex- uh, so accepting because overlapping that lack of traditional values with broken families will destroy the black community. So, like, basically, he just said that black families are often broken families. And whether that's true or not, I feel like a blanket statement by someone in the activist community who's speaking for black families, like, I just, I don't know about uh, saying that LGBT values are going to destroy families that are already destroyed in like a blanket statement. I don't know. I, I've found that one weird. But then he also says, quote, some of the smartest people I knew in college were gay. Some black students I knew who were gay were off the charts smart. So, um, so it's like, hey, I'm not racist. I have a black friend or I'm not homophobic. I got some gay friends, that kind of thing. So that's his argument about why he doesn't hate gay people. He, you know, gay people are fine. I have gay friends. But, um, but what they're doing is like super gay and I don't like it. Um, oh, and condoms promote AIDS, just so you know, according to him. Um, so don't use condoms is what he's saying or condoms shouldn't exist. I I never will understand that argument. It's, it, the argument is that condoms, the existence of condoms makes it easier for people to decide to have sex. And then um, they somehow have so much sex that they get AIDS despite condoms. So it's condoms, condoms exist partially to prevent the spread of AIDS. So, uh, God, and he, he, he stated that because the Pope also stated it. So anyway, like I said, I kind of hope he comes around to like a better view of equality and that kind of thing. Um, just because he is a really interesting person and I feel like he could be a good ally if he wanted to, if he could change, like if he could have a change of heart, like Fred Phelps did at the end, you know, just kind of like, like an Ebenezer Scrooge type thing. Um, I would, I would really like to see that and follow that transformation, but it won't happen. But I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold strong to my conviction that everyone has the capacity to change. And I'll talk about that more later. Uh, But what I'm going to talk about right now is that we're going into a little segment with McGee. Hey, everybody. Today, I want to talk about a super cool guitar owned by... Pink Floyd guitarist David Gilmour. It's known as 0001. The name of this uh, Fender Stratocaster comes from its mysterious serial number. This number has sparked much interest. I mean, being 0001, uh, obviously it's not the first Fender Stratocaster since it was uh, purchased in 1970. Uh, They've been around for a little bit longer than that so they're wondering why it would say 0001 as the serial number so uh, people have tracked it down and through this it was discovered that it was a gift to fender factory employee mary 
Lemus, and um, it has her initials on the guitar. And the 0001 was used as a promotional thing on guitars. Uh, you know, it was just basically for show. But um, so initially, that seems like it's not going to be that great of a story. But it, upon looking in further, it was actually found out that it was first owned by Leo Fender, um, and he gifted it to Seymour Duncan, who is an amazing uh, guitar pickup inventor so it's these two legendary people getting this um well very limited edition guitar because of the serial number and then somehow it made its way to david gilmore's guitar tech and um david gilmore basically bribed the guy into or not bribed him like blackmailed him into making him sell him that guitar and uh, so it's been with him ever since. It's, it's featured on a bunch of his solo records and on Pink Floyd hits like The Wall. And so 0001 joins my list of great guitars for great guitarists. I'm McGee, and this is a little segment. All right. Awesome. Thank you for that, McGee. And that having been said, let's go talk about some stuff that I don't know about. Politics. I don't know anything about politics. I know a little. Um, it's been hard to keep up this election um, because it's just like Trump hanging out there just being himself. And then the Democrats going nuts, like 80,000 candidates that you got to keep up with. And now all of a sudden it's uh, Bernie and Biden and <laughs> I'm going to say his name like 12 different ways. Buttigieg. 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 Um, I'm going to say it however I want throughout this. So, a um, little um, behind the scenes baseball, behind baseball, whatever it's called. Um, we are recording this on the 2nd, I believe. Yes. March 2nd. And um, just earlier, well, just yesterday, um, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, um, dropped out of the race, race. and today, uh, a few hours ago, he decided to endorse Biden. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit, about why why he didn't carry the queer vote to begin with, because I always thought that was interesting, and I was looking into it, and like I understand it pretty much, um, but I always thought it was interesting. And then What's really interesting is why he decided to back Biden. And um, I'm going to probably talk about how, like, that uh, doesn't make me happy. But, uh, yeah, so it is Buttigieg, Buttigieg, McGee, Buttigieg. You looked it up. We looked it up a while ago. Well, I thought you didn't want to get it right. Well, I wanted to get... I wanted to get it right once, maybe. Buddhageist. Buddha. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> maybe I'll call him Beetlejuice. No, that's terrible. Buddhageist. 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 See, I've heard it. Buddhageig. Buddhageig. judge. But a gig, as on the Yahoo answer I saw yesterday. Yes, I hang out there sometimes just to laugh. But a geiger. Um, but a geiger. I don't even okay. Anyway, <laughs> so um, Mr. Mr. Gay, um, candidate is uh he was like I said, 
um, a an openly gay candidate, and he was doing pretty well, actually. At the beginning, everyone was like, what is this? And then he kissed his husband, and everyone was like, what is this? And then he became a serious candidate, I guess. Um, and so... I guess I first want to talk about why he didn't carry the queer vote, even though he pretty much expected to, which is a, he pretty much expected to. But um, there was this really interesting article that I didn't get to, like, quote or anything, but it was saying about how um, he was so heterosexual in his advertisements and stuff. It was like he was promoting heterosexuality despite being homosexual. Hom- that was a weird way to pronounce that word. Homosexual, but gay. Um, and I'm seeing a lot people saying that he's not gay enough. And I, um, that's not how I would put it. Like, he's not vocal enough. He's not... Um, visible enough he's not representative enough but you can't just not be gay enough that doesn't make sense you're if he's gay then he's gay and he doesn't have to be more gay like be more gay bro what that doesn't make sense um and i know they're using it as like a you know a catchphrase or something but like when um so he was not carrying the queer vote um Part of the reason is um, <laughs> I, I, um, I've I compared him to J.K. Rowling several times, who wrote Harry Potter. Um, she's a coward and a terrible person, it turns out, or else her she needs to get off Twitter. Everyone needs to get off Twitter. But um, I just think she's a coward because she didn't come out with Dumbledore being gay until after all of her books came out and it was safe for her to, you know, lose that income or whatever. Um, she didn't come out with a lot of, you know, stuff that would have been brave to put in her books and, uh, just whatever. And so booty booty gig, booty jig, um, he didn't, uh, come out of the closet until he, um, thought it would be advantageous for his political career and he'll say that he was worried about it like stopping his political career but he came out um when it would be most advantageous for him and when it was least scary and that um to me is cowardice kind of like jk rowling i apologize no i don't apologize jk rowling uh i hope you're listening you're not listening but um call me girl like let's talk about this um, he has said some very, like, upsetting things in terms of, like, LGBT stuff. Um, there was, uh, in South Carolina at a town hall meeting, or, what do you, I don't know what you call them, town hall in South Carolina. He, um, uh, what, he talked about how he was, like, blown away by meeting kids who were, um, openly... LGBT openly, um, you know, queer. And um, I've marveled at that myself. You know, I praise this generation so much. They are our future. They are incredible. In Like I've said, in Topeka, it, growing up for me, there was no such thing as not straight. There was just, there's something wrong with you. 
Um, and so he was kind of talking about that, but um, he said it in a way that made me go, oh no. So um, what he said was, um, I was wrestling with this, which means his sexuality, well into my 20s. If there was a pill, a pill I could take and not be gay anymore, then I would have jumped on it. And then he goes on to say, and thank God I didn't, because then I would not have the amazing marriage that I now have to Chasten. You really? You, oh, you would take a pill to be not gay, except then you're happy you didn't take it because now you have a great marriage? Like, no, no, that's not how, if you had taken the pill and you weren't gay anymore, then you would have a great marriage to someone straight, you know, something like that. I don't know. Don't tell the youth that. He was speaking directly to the youth. Like if there was a pill I could take to not be gay, I would have taken it. And then the only reason I'm glad I didn't is because I have a husband. Like, oh, it's so detrimental. It's so bad. Um, and, uh, yeah. So on top of like, not being great for the youth. He was not great for the trans community, for sure. And I'm sure everyone, well, maybe not everyone, but people have heard about that at least a little bit. Um, he was, um, I believe, he was doing a town hall, I think, uh, with Anderson Cooper. I know Anderson Cooper was involved. I didn't know that people like Anderson Cooper did town halls with um candidates or um whatever and so they were interrupted by a group of transgender activists who were screaming trans people are dying and this is in response to the fact that pete Buttigieg is just kind of on the fence about like everything including you know like queer equality and um saving lives and things like that um they were chanting trans lives matter that kind of thing i'm pretty I'm I'm pretty down with this thing. Then Anderson Cooper said this thing. Uh he acknowledged the disruption saying their collective community has a long and proud history of activism and that their issues were ignored by the mainstream media. We applaud them for their protests. That is the most oh, the the most political way to say y'all are here and you the, he just stated the things that are that they're yelling like yes you have a uh, you're ignored by the mainstream media you have been protesting for a long time about this um you're sad and angry and distraught that your friends and family are dying and then moving on it's like mm, moving on are we really gonna are we gonna do that we're gonna move on um okay so mm, my issue kind of with Buttigieg, Buttigieg um is that he was very on the fence and he he was very mm, not confrontational and um, he didn't need to be confrontational necessarily, but he needed to be more not in the middle kind of. He was just kind of like hanging out in the middle. 
which is kind of what Biden is doing right now. And Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Buttigieg um, just endorsed Biden instead of Bernie Sanders about uh, three hours ago, I think. Um, he says that um, he's not endorsing Bernie Sanders um, because Bernie is um, too divisive and polarizing. And he says, instead of polarization, progress. Those were um, some ads he was putting out, um, anti-Bernie ads in, uh, I think, South Carolina or something. Um, he endorsed Biden by saying that he um, he supported his broad-based agenda that could truly deliver for the American people, not ones that get lost in ideology. So, so he's just like all American people. So he just lumped everyone in there, lumped in the LGBT community, uh, broad-based agenda. Like, just so just like whatever fits in there. I, I got, I don't know. I've been really, I've been really disappointed in him um, for a while. But then endorsing Biden was um, just, Biden is such a liar. He said he was marching in the civil rights movement when he wasn't. He was actively in the Senate trying to pass anti-civil rights legislation while Bernie was marching with Martin Luther King. And I'm not necessarily saying I support Bernie. This is not like a, um, I don't know who I support right now. I guess I support Bernie because he's the only thing left that isn't Biden. Um, but it, he he's a liar. Biden is just lying about that. And he's trying to steal it away from Bernie. And it makes me so angry that people don't know this. It Why are... Why is Biden carrying the black vote? I'm sorry. It it makes me angry. Anyway, I mean, I should stop yelling about being angry because I've probably said a lot of things that aren't true or just too on the fence or or something. So I'm going to just um I'm just going to go ahead and say that like this is I I kind of don't believe that the Democrats can win this election. That's just me. Please I'm serious. This is an interesting, I find this to be an interesting topic. Please go out to our Facebook group, Queer All Your Fam, and talk about it because I would love to hear all sides of this, all sides of the election. Um, if you're nice to each other, if you are not nice to each other, I am going to put you on notice, which means everything you do will have to be approved by one of the admins. So if you're really not nice to each other, I will kick you out and because it's my group. So um, nice, but political debates don't insult each other in any way. So that's where you can go to have um, divisive but not rude uh, political debates and educate people with what you know, because I would love to be educated about all the candidates. Um you want to follow us other places where we will not be um screaming political things um hey mcgee where can they find us you can go to twitter queer all year pod that's also the same on instagram you already mentioned the facebook group we are queer all year at patreon well so it'd be patreon.com slash queer all year to get all our bonus material we have 
Um, you can start at the $1 tier and get all kinds of bonus episodes and whatnot, or five, or I mean, that has bloopers, bloopers. videos, and stuff like that. The $5 tier has bonus episodes, which is really good material. Um, so far, yeah. You would really <laughs> like that stuff. Yeah, and um, I think we should mention, um, I don't know that we've mentioned before, but the Patreon is a little more relaxed, and it's uh, me and McGee talking um, sometimes or introducing things. We, um, this is a family-friendly yep. feed. We <laughs> have cursed a little in the Patreon episodes. So if you'd like to hear us just being natural and Yeah, that one is say, not censored. No, just at least a, one of them. The yeah. rest of them, I think, are okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, the, the bonus episodes, for the most part, the actual ones with, um, you know, quality educational content <laughs> the one um, where it's not just me talking about buggery acts and the tutors and stuff well i don't think that one has cursing either i thought that one was like we introduced it and oh we introduced one of them and there yeah, was a lot of uh, well okay. not a lot but you know anyway so um <laughs> maybe we'll put like a in our in the um what is the the episode notes We'll put in the episode notes which ones we curse on so you can uh, not listen to those around kids or just not listen to them if you don't like cursing like my mother. So, um, is that about it, McGee? We have a Facebook page for all year. If you could share this with people in other states and stuff, that would be awesome because I'm um, always excited to see like if someone from a different state listens or anything like that. Like I get excited out of my mind. So that would be awesome if you could uh, rate and review. We forgot to mention that yesterday, I believe. Was that the one where it was 3 a.m.? Yeah. 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 We forgot to mention that. Um, Ratings and reviews boost us up. Um, It lets Facebook know that um, we don't suck. I'm considering suck not a curse word because you can say it on TV. Um, That would be incredible, and we would love you forever, and we already love you forever. And remember, this is a... And a and historic election, and you need to go register to vote. Register to vote. Register to vote and vote. So go out and vote. Be part of history. You're already part of history. Be an important part of history. And as always, we love you despite your politics. No, that's not true. But we still love you. Don't like unless Trump. you don't vote. <laughs> D- vote and not for Trump. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>